2: Welcome back to the Leaving Eden Podcast. Uh, We are your hosts. My name is Gabrielle Hacohen. I'm here with my BFF and co-host, cult expert, cult survivor, Sadie Carpenter. How are you feeling today, Sadie?
3: Getting better and better. We are getting there.
2: That's awesome. You sound much like you're filled with relief, like your life is less stressful than it was a month ago. And I... I think
3: almost anything would be less stressful than a month ago.
2: It's true. Today, we're talking about Brittany Dawn. Brittany Dawn is a former slash still fitness influencer turned Christianity and Christian womanhood influencer slash fitness influencer. We're going to talk about her predatory business practices. We're going to talk about the fraud lawsuit against her that was uh, settled with the state of Texas. And her attempt to use a conversion to Pentecostal Christianity as a way to shield herself from criticism and also as a way to grift more money.
3: This is maybe we thought this was going to be a deep dive. And then as we did a deep dive level of research, we realized that. a a true deep dive on britney dawn could be an entire podcast in and of itself so this is more of what i'd like to think of as a comprehensive overview because similar to Jill rodriguez britney dawn has done so many absolutely wild things in like less than a decade that she has been a public figure and she has been extensively covered from every by everybody from fundy fridays to buzzfeed but where we come in is our personal expertise like talking about what we know. Gavi, you're a big gym guy. You do if. fitness stuff?
2: I mean, I go to the gym. I'm not like a a a a bodybuilder or anything like that. I just
3: right, But enough to know like, when she's correct and when she's talking BS. Yeah. And I'm an expert on evangelicalism and Christian grifts. So, we're going to cover the great snarkable moments. Like, <laughs> don't worry, we're going to get all of the snark moments that we can fit into this episode. But we're also going to go from our experience and what we know and apply those things to this story.
2: But before we get into that, the Leaving Eden podcast is the podcast about my BFF and co-host, Sadie Carpenter's life in and escape from the independent fundamental Baptist cult, the cult in which she was raised. We talk about this cult. We talk about other cults. We talk about religion. We talk about fundamentalism. We talk about the real and present threat that cults and cult ideologies pose to society as a whole. And it is our goal to promote freedom of mind, freedom of thought, and freedom of religion. So if you like our show, if you're a fan of our show, you can subscribe to our Patreon where you will get an extended version of today's episode. Um, I think our Google Doc for this episode ended up being close to 10,000 words, so not everything that we want to talk <laughs> about is going to end up in the main episode. Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, so we, we have to cut some stuff, so if you want to hear the extended version of today's episode as well as the extended version of our other episodes, uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, and that is patreon.com slash leaving Eden podcast. You can also join our Facebook group and our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash Eden and facebook.com slash groups slash Eden Both of those are awesome places where we have discussions with fans and you can post questions, post memes, stuff like that. Make sure that you send your emails to us because we're going to do a Q&A episode in probably a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so. Sending an email to us is the best way to make sure that we actually see the message, the question that you want to send. So that email is leavingedenpod at gmail.com. And finally, I just want to say thank you to our Faith Promise Mission and I gave it all to your patrons. Our, I gave it all to your patrons. There's three of you, Kathleen Moncrief, Melissa Mosley, and Todd Dale on behalf of his lovely deconstructorina arena of a wife. Uh, Madeline Antrim. Thank you all three of you so much. Your contributions really do make this show possible and we wouldn't be able to do it without you guys.
3: Yes. Thank you so much too. I gave it all to your patrons.
2: Our Faith Promise Missions to your patrons, your names are Alex P, Ali Allen, Anisha Patel, Brooke Tully, Krissa, Crystal Patterson, Dora J, Enchanted Fairy, Esther Hannah Ross, Hope Noram, Horton Hears Ashane, Janine Collin, Jen Kaharski, Jessica Tambo, Jana, Kay Turwee, Kitty Kate, Kristen Marie, Learned Vixen, Lida, Linda Morgan, lindsey Goss, Lorena Watson, Madeline Antrim, Madeline Cusick, Marlena Stuve, Marsha Millard, Mary Williams, Mary Martin, Megan Arendt, Rob the Methodist, Sarah Reesey, Stephanie Johnson, Steve and Amy, Susie, Tara McNamara, The Loch Ness, Tiffany Enderby, and as always, Wes the Cowboy. Thank you guys so much.
3: Yeah, big thank you to, of course, the Faith Promise Missions, and I gave it all to your patrons, but to everybody who supports us over on Patreon, as well as people who support us in non-financial ways, like recommending us to friends and family, posting about us on social, leaving a positive review on whatever podcast player you use, all of those things do help us continue to keep this show going, and we appreciate it.
2: Sadie, will you give us the TW and we can be on our way?
3: I sure will. In general, we talk about a lot of potentially triggering topics on this show including but not limited to suicide and mental health, racism, misogyny, PTSD, PTSD symptoms, child abuse, mental, physical, and sexual abuse, and spiritual abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes we'll mention at least a few of these topics but we do try to avoid any graphic detail unless it's necessary for the story that we're telling and if we are going to include that kind of detail we'll give you a heads up immediately before we do so those that need to skip can skip this episode contains a massive trigger warning for eating disorders uh diet culture calorie talk we will talk about numbers like a number of a person's weight or this has x calories in it or macro counting number talk is a little bit of a trigger for me personally but it is necessary to this episode what we won't do in this episode because i never do and never will is discuss other eating disorder behavior beyond like number counting calorie counting whatever i don't ever discuss the methods that people use to achieve extreme calorie restriction because I found that that's always damaging to me. So I feel like there's a a high chance that it could be damaging to other people too. So we might say, you know, Brittany Dawn made somebody exercise for four hours, but we wouldn't say Brittany Dawn made this person do this exact list of exercises and burned X number of calories. That's detail that isn't necessary. Oh, if you need to skip all of the fitness influencer and eating disorder stuff you can just skip to the break after the offering and we will put the timestamp for that in uh, the show notes for the episode. Because after the offering, we're going to be moving on to other scams and grifts and general BS that Brittany Dawn has been involved in. And we don't be only cursory mentions of her poor treatment of people that had eating disorders or her claims of having one herself. There are also much briefer mentions of police brutality, animal cruelty, and suicide in this episode.
2: Would also like to just remind our listeners before we uh, start this episode that weight is just a number, that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and that your value uh, as a human being does not change with your size.
3: Yes. And also, weight is a very small component in a person's health and we need to end fat phobia in medicine and i want to shout out hannah hill on twitter she speaks about religious abuse and orthorexia recovery and body positivity just a high quality twitter follow she is at h underscore hill underscore dpt to b i will i'll link um i'll link her twitter everywhere that i can because she's just been a real positive voice in my own process of learning about this finally i want to recommend believe it or not a new york times article the article is called you don't look anorexic and it's from october 2022 this article is about someone that i knew personally and went to hiles anderson with her name is sharon maxwell obviously I would not be recommending that you read a New York Times article about trans people or the city of Portland, but this article is definitely worth a read. It's about atypical anorexia and Sharon's experience with the IFB and eating disorders, and it's a really valuable read.
2: Thank you so much for that. And I think we can get started. So uh, last month, Brittany Dawn Nelson, um, also known as Brittany Dawn. So I'm going to be calling her Brittany Dawn through most of this episode. She took to her podcast. uh, She has a podcast now to, uh, in her words, she says, break her silence about why she got sued by the state of Texas. Now that this court case is over, that she can actually like talk about it and and do damage control. Before Brittany Dawn was sued by the state of Texas, she had been called out by her customers for not providing the services that she advertised, and this was her excuse. Um, So in 2019, she gave an interview on Good Morning America, and she claims that she, quote, jumped into an industry that had no instruction manual and Another quote from her, she said, I'm basically going through uncharted territory. And so if you know anything about Brittany Dawn, she's a a fitness influencer turned Christianity influencer. If you take her story at face value and don't really look too closely at the details and you squint a little bit, you can kind of see why she might frame it like this. So her claim is essentially that she got into being a fitness influencer and her followers wanted to have a body like hers and she showed them how to do that for a price But unfortunately, she was so popular that she couldn't possibly keep up with the pace of demand. And rather than turn people away, she cut corners. And when people started figuring it out, she got overwhelmed with the amount of people asking for their money back. And she found herself between a rock and a hard place. She just made a mistake. And that's not the worst thing that anybody's ever done. And since doing that, she has gone through a lot of internal growth and spiritual growth, and she's not the same person that she was back then, so you should give her, her some grace. Is that, that sounds about right, right, Sadie? That's kind of what she's saying?
3: I'm, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just doing my best, and oh no, not Very,
2: yeah. Brittany Dawn is far from the first business owner to have demand for her product vastly outpace the supply for her product. She's far from the first fitness influencer to become to to start selling personalized fitness plants. And she also has competition in her market sector. So there is a reasonable risk that customers who she can't provide services to could find those services elsewhere. And looking at it this way could possibly make her story a bit more sympathetic if I was going out of my way to be charitable to somebody. But this also kind of flies in the face of her claim that she is going through, quote, uncharted territory. The most basic rule of economics is supply and demand. And if demand is higher than supply, then you can either increase the supply or you can raise your prices to cut demand. Brittany Dawn is selling her personalized fitness and nutrition plans for between $100 and $300, is how much she was selling them for between 2014 when she started her business and 2019 when she changed from being a fitness influencer to a Christianity influencer. She was selling fitness plans for between $100 and $300. I don't know about you, Sadie. I've never purchased a fitness plan slash nutrition plan, but I don't think that paying $100 to $300 for something that's personalized like that is an outlandish price, if it is personalized.
3: No, it's not, and I actually have some facts to back it up. So, I follow Lauren Drain on Instagram. This is the same Lauren Drain that escaped Westboro Baptist Church in dramatic fashion. She's now a fitness influencer, but not a scammer. As far as I know, she sells really similar plans to what Brittany Dawn was selling. Those semi-personalized plans run from about $99 to $189. She also does 8-12 to week fully custom programs, fully customized meal plan, fully personalized workout plan, and access to her for multiple check-ins. And those run for $399 for eight weeks or $479 for 12 weeks.
2: So it's not like an outlandish price for Brittany Dawn to be charging a hundred to $300, especially including inflation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no,
3: that like for, for what, and what Brittany was selling was supposedly fully customized meal and workout plans and coaching, although she provided none of the above but her prices would have been pretty reasonable for what she was selling.
2: In fact, I personally believe that she could have easily charged a much higher premium because her name was on the product, considering that she had some uh, what she had half a million followers on Instagram and mm-hmm. I think now she has about a million followers on TikTok. So She could have done things like expand her business and hire additional employees to help put these plans together. Um, That may have hurt her margins and her profits, but it could have gained her additional market share. It could have helped her expand her customer base, thereby would have made her business more sustainable and more profitable. So it's not as if Brittany Dawn is the only person to ever have this as her business model
3: no this is pretty common Uh, i don't follow a lot of fitness influencers on instagram because having that be my whole feed wouldn't be healthy for me but there are a couple people that i really i like their personality and i like their fitness content and i like their other content and those are the people that i follow and i think so many fitness influencers that i've seen are doing this they're expanding their business and Selling workout plans and diet plans is a really profitable way to do that because there's no inventory. So you're not paying for, you're not buying a t-shirt and then putting your logo on it and marking it up and selling it to somebody else. Like when we sell merch through Threadless, our profit margins are really low because the the website has to pay for the t-shirt and pay for the printing. And the profit for us is just the, just like 10% or 15% of what the shirt sells for.
2: Probably less than that.
3: usually less than that if they're running any kind of sale so selling something that does not have physical inventory is a great way to capitalize on having an influencer following this is common and pretty normal in the fitness influencer world and Brittany dawn so the, the one thing that she was doing was selling her time for the coaching and her time for putting together personalized plans for people. So when her business took off beyond what she could handle, like you said earlier, she had a couple choices. She could raise the prices so that fewer people would buy it and she would have time to keep her commitments or she could have hired employees who would work with her. She could have hired a couple personal assistants to help her answer all these emails and text messages. She could have hired, personal trainer friends of hers to help her put together these personalized plans and been transparent about that to her customers. But that is not what she chose to do. So when this all came out in the wash, what we learned is that Brittany was not personalizing these diet and workout plans at all. She was selling the same plan to everyone and telling them it was personalized to their height, their weight, their goals, their macros it wasn't it was the same she was also selling this feedback and coaching from herself where participants in her workout and diet plans were supposed to be able to email her and say hey i've lost i lost some weight but now i've plateaued should i change something and Brittany would respond with a coaching type answer but when somebody emailed her with a question like I lost some weight, but now I've plateaued. What do I do? Brittany would email back with very generic phrases like, you're doing great, babe, or you look fantastic. Keep up the good work. And not actually answer their question at all.
2: It's a shame that Britney Dawn was running these scams prior to to like chat GPT. Can you imagine if there was like a, a Britney Dawn GPT?
3: Oh, man. If she had had ChatGPT, GPT, she would have never got caught. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she would have never got caught. No one would have figured it out. Um, no, but th- this is what I, I would describe this as a scummy business practice. Where it gets really predatory is the way that she went about finding clients and targeting them. And wh- What she does here is, I would say, goes beyond predatory into the realm of such contemptible and manipulative and and sociopathic behavior. Like in order to be a person who would do this sort of thing, you have to either believe that other people don't exist or that other people only exist so that you can get things from them. Um, it's it's just truly vile behavior. Amen to that. And this is where we're getting really into the the eating disorder stuff. So TW for that. Um according to Brittany Dawn's website, uh bedawnfit.com, uh, she suffered from an eating disorder starting in November 2011. She describes an obsession with thin women with visible collarbones, believing them to be the pinnacle of beauty. She describes losing about 30 pounds in two months, not eating, exercising, and consuming about 1,000 calories per day. Did you read the I read this website. I, did. I, I read this.
3: I didn't read it in prep for this episode because I have read it before and I didn't need to reconsume that content content, if yeah. that makes sense. But I have read this
2: because reading through the story on the website, to me, it reads as very real.
3: Oh, absolutely. I am sorry that she suffered that way. Unfortunately, she chose to be a terrible person about it. So she doesn't get that much sympathy from me, but I am. She does strike me, my gut feeling is that she really did suffer from this.
2: However, I think that there is a very real eating disorder to Fitness Junkie Pipeline. I personally know more than one person that I think that this applies to, and I can certainly understand how the attention to detail and the focus on goals would translate over from one to the other. I do have a concern that maybe they're just similar in function, that the main difference between the two being what the person views as the ideal physical form, while it may be better for a person's long-term physical health for them to be muscly than it is for them to be starved, the step that you've got to take to like accept that you look like what you look like and that your body isn't always 100% under your control doesn't affect whether or not you're worthy of love, That's that doesn't really factor in here in the same way. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah. This is a tough line to draw, especially because in cis men, eating disorders so often show up as orthorexia, which is obsession with eating, quote unquote, clean or quote unquote, healthy, going to the gym, looking a certain type of muscular rather than looking extremely thin, as we see more often in cis women with eating disorders. I've known of people who seem to have actually successfully recovered from eating disorders through getting into fitness. And it started maybe less healthy because they could only be okay with gaining weight if they were gaining muscle, but they were able to spin that and work and work and work to where fitness is actually a healthy outlet for them they're not currently suffering from an eating disorder anymore i have i've known people who really seem to have successfully done it but sometimes it is just trading one eating disorder for another because some people will get into fitness but they're still obsessed with calories obsessed with exercise and they are not they have not changed their disordered thinking. They have not successfully received help for the eating disorder that they are suffering from. And that's why this kind of recovery often needs professional help from real professionals unlike Brittany Dawn.
2: So when Brittany Dawn started her company, Brittany Dawn Fitness LLC in uh, 2014, she advertised herself as eating disorder survivor friendly. She would use hashtags like Uh, Hashtag ED warrior and hashtag more than just a number. At the time, Brittany Dawn was in her early 20s and her target demographic was women and girls in their late teens and early 20s. Her pitch was basically, you can conquer your eating disorder with a macronutrient plan, which are, and, and, and macronutrient plans, by the way, are known colloquially in the fitness community as macros. Um but her pitch was basically you can conquer your eating disorder with a macronutrient plan and an exercise plan. And she specifically targeted the demographic of people who are most likely to have their self worth tied to their bodies and their physical appearance. Under supervision from a physician or a healthcare professional, a nutrition plan can absolutely be part of eating disorder recovery. Like, if you have somebody making sure that you eat at least a certain number of calories per day. But that is not what Brittany Dawn was doing. Some of Brittany Dawn's personalized nutrition plans had some clients reportedly training very hard while only consuming 1,000 calories per day. Brittany Dawn essentially targeted eating disorder survivors and people trying to recover from eating disorders and told them that she was offering a cure and gave them plans that enforced the behaviors that they were trying to recover from.
3: Yeah, and this is just despicable because, I mean, hell, they didn't make people train that hard and eat only a thousand calories on the Biggest Loser, which we all know was toxic and not a healthy way to lose weight and hurt a lot of people, physically and mentally.
2: It's wild to me that that they ever actually broadcast that. (laughs)
3: i know and it's like the, the fat phobia of the early 2000s man um it's all up all all of us especially those of us who were kids during the time but that like that's that's biggest loser loser i think you only need a very basic understanding of this sort of thing to understand that that is not okay but it is doubly not okay when you're dealing with someone who is actively trying to work on an eating disorder and recovering from an eating disorder that is ju- it just fills me with rage so i wanted to look at i, I know a lot of eating disorder recovery is mental it, it is a, it's a mental health issue and it's changing the way that you think and the incorrect things that you've learned and working on mental health so i wanted to see what britney's headspace was when she was talking about this topic i was clicking around some archived posts on her blog and i came across one from july of 2015. she wrote an advice post on what to do if you have a weekend where you go totally off your diet plan like maybe you drink a lot or maybe you just eat a whole pint of ice cream or whatever what do you do when you fall off the wagon and at first like in this article she gives some actually okay advice she says don't cut your macros down even further to make up for your cheat weekend or your falling off the wagon weekend. Don't feel guilty. Don't beat yourself up. Don't dwell on it. Just start over tomorrow. Go back to your normal macro plan. Go back to your normal amount of exercise. Tomorrow is a new day. Don't try to make up for your weekend where you went off your plan. Just start over tomorrow. Slow and steady wins the race. And that is correct advice. That's proper advice.
2: But if you're on Brittany Dawn's plan, how are you going to cut your macros down even further? Like, are you going to eat one low-sodium rice cake for dinner instead of two low-sodium rice cakes for dinner?
3: I should clarify. This is the correct advice if you are on a macro plan that works for you, your goals, and your needs right now. Like, regardless of whether your needs are to gain muscle gain weight in general lose weight whatever if you are on a macro plan that works for that goal if you completely go off the plan for a weekend or a week or a few days or whatever just going back to the plan and not trying to make up for it not feeling bad just go back to where you were is the correct advice maybe this is not good advice if you're on britney dawn's plan but i have a bigger point here So, in this whole article from 2015, she is giving the appropriate advice on how to metaphorically get back on the wagon if you've fallen off. But while she is writing this correct advice, she refers to this weekend of falling, hypothetical weekend of falling off the wagon as quote, mistakes, quote, a slip up. And she frames quote, major anxiety, guilt, and even depression as normal and okay responses to overeating. And that is a problem. Oof. That's a f- major problem. The <laughs> quote, major anxiety, guilt, and even depression, end quote, are absolutely things that a person might feel when they believe that they have eaten too much or eaten, quote unquote, unhealthy foods. But that's diet culture talking. That is a culture where disordered eating is normalized talking major anxiety guilt and depression should not be a normal response to having eaten more than you think you should have eaten and i'm not shaming anyone who feels that way i have experienced this i do currently experience anxiety guilt and depression over this sort of thing because i'm still working on this so please don't feel shamed if those are feelings that you feel because i do too but this absolutely does not feel like recovery to me this is not somebody who has successfully recovered from an eating disorder and is now in a position to advise others this is the kind of thoughts that i'm still working to weed out of myself and encourage my friends through as they are also working on it this is not the way i want to feel about food major that's not something that should be presented as a normal response (laughs)
2: so i've linked to you uh sadie i've linked a post from the mama lion strong blog from february of 2015. um this is a blog uh it's not i think that it got taken down i think that the woman who wrote it took it down her name was jennifer campbell um but it's on the wayback machine and i'll link it and and jennifer campbell still is like a a health and fitness and and wellness influencer who describes herself as a fitness industry survivor. And she in February of 2015, she uh, wrote a blog post titled, The Most Disturbing Thing Happening in the Fitness Industry. In this blog post, Campbell writes that she was shown one of Brittany Dawn's fitness plans by a colleague to whom it was shown by one of Brittany Dawn's customers. Campbell reached out to Brittany Dawn with concerns regarding the health of her clients, saying that it was unethical, unwise, and outside of her scope of expertise to be taking on clients with apparent eating disorders. Campbell wrote in her letter that they should be recovering under the supervision of medical and mental health professionals rather than on a program by a fitness influencer. This letter also stated that conversations were being had by others in the industry about Brittany Dawn's potentially unethical practices. Campbell received a letter back, not from Brittany Dawn, but from a different trainer affiliated with Brittany Dawn, basically telling her to fuck
3: off. That, that letter was from Brittany's ex-husband, by the way.
2: Oh, okay. Interesting. They were
3: in business together at the time when they were still married.
2: Campbell writes that she is not the only person that she knows of who has reached out to Brittany Dawn with these same concerns. Campbell alleges that she saw Brittany Dawn fitness plans that prescribed two or more hours of high-intensity interval training workouts five to six days per week in addition to a daily intake of 1,300 calories or less. These plans allegedly denied cheat meals to underweight women, and that despite this, Brittany Dawn maintains certification from the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Campbell, additionally, in her blog post, not in her letter or anything, Brings up that the focus of the fitness industry on appearance rather than the health of a person is a prevalent problem, and as evidence to back this up, she speaks about how female bodybuilders and fitness influencers are pressured uh, to get like breast implants. Yeah, we haven't been able to verify Jennifer Campbell's claim about Brittany about the fitness macros by Brittany Dawn because we haven't seen the specific ones that. Campbell says that she saw. I messaged Campbell um, on Instagram and I asked her whether she still has access to this information. I didn't get a response, but she has like 15,000 Instagram followers so she probably didn't even see my message. However, in one three-day plan sampler that Brittany Dawn posted online, I went out and calculated the total calories of being, if I'm being very charitable to Brittany Dawn's plan, it's somewhere between 1,800 and 1,900 calories per day. And that's on a very charitable estimate to Brittany Dawn. Meals on this plan include a meal of, uh, quote, three ounces of tuna or tilapia, two cups of green vegetables, and 12 almonds. It's the 12 almonds (laughs) that really get me. Yeah, or she'll assign somebody a meal of one scoop isolate protein, one half cup of oats, and one whole egg. My personal favorite meal that Brittany Dawn has on this plan is one whole egg, one small apple, and two low-sodium rice cakes.
3: I mean, 1,800 to 1,900 calories a day is more, could potentially fit with somebody's goals and meal plan, very dependent on how much exercise they're doing and what their current sizes and what their goals are but none of those meals constitute an entire meal for my toddler because i would be hearing mama i hungry in like 30 minutes if i fed her any of that
2: to, just to clarify her plan includes 6 meals per day um and each meal is uh if i'm counting generously each meal is between a 200 and 350 calories mm. yeah so like a a very rough estimate of how many calories the average person uses per day is about 2000. That's what the um it's it's not accurate to everybody or it's it's like it, that's just how they calculate the serving sizes on the back of like nutrition facts on food. So I'm taller than the average person, I have more muscle mass than the average person, um and I exercise more than the average person. So my estimate is probably closer to like 3000 calories per day. However, because I'm 30 years old. If, say, we controlled for my height, my muscle mass, my metabolism would be slower than, say, a 24 year old. Also worth noting that, contrary to popular belief, if you control for like different factors like uh, weight, height, muscle mass, women and men don't have different metabolism speeds.
3: <laughs> That's good to know.
2: Yeah. Women are usually just smaller and have less muscle mass. So. If somebody is following Brittany Dawn's fitness plan, they're also probably training harder than I do. They're probably doing high intensity interval training, which is something that I don't do generally. However, if somebody is following Brittany Dawn's meal plan, chances are they're probably not getting the adequate nutrition to build muscle. So this will also slow down the metabolism. So if somebody is just on a fitness plan that Brittany Dawn posted to her website, they could easily be at a daily deficit of 1000 calories. And so if there's 3,500 calories in a pound of fat, Brittany Dawn is essentially putting women with eating disorders on a diet and exercise plan that will have them at a significant caloric deficit, which is the opposite what you want. And even with this like charitable estimate of 18 to 1900 calories, the diet that Britney Don posted on social media with the the with the diet that Campbell purportedly saw these women could be calorically on track to lose somewhere in the range of three pounds per week, which is absolutely an extreme weight loss diet. It's also worth noting, as I stated above, that if a person isn't getting the calories and nutrition to support muscle growth and muscle maintenance, then their metabolism will stall, and they will not continue losing weight as quickly so. If a person is starving themselves, which is a mentally difficult thing to do, and it's also physically painful, and they aren't seeing the physical changes in their body that they want to see, this can lead to a really vicious cycle, feedback loop, mental spiral that's that's not something that anybody would want, not something that anybody should have to go through. But this is among one among many reasons why weight, and and weight loss is not generally an overall indicator of what is or isn't healthy. So I spoke to a friend of mine who has a master's degree in exercise science and I also spoke to another friend of mine who is an MD and they told me like roughly the same thing which is that so for people who want to lose weight for whatever reason and they want to do so through diet and exercise. The generally recommended amount is between one and one and a half pounds per week, give or take, uh depending on height, age, current body weight, current muscle mass. that's generally about a, a caloric deficit of around five hundred calories per day. They encourage getting most of your nutrition by most of your nutrition, not all there's like room for other stuff in there, but they encourage getting most of your nutrition. By eating a mix of foods that are high in protein, eating leafy green vegetables, eating carbohydrates in the form of like whole grains and unrefined sugars, and fats that are not saturated fats. The thing that both of these told, people told me uh, is that under most circumstances, weight loss that is more severe than the like one to one and a half pounds per week is generally not sustainable over the long term and could potentially pose a serious danger to a person's physical and mental health.
3: So what Brittany Dawn is recommending is just not considered safe. No. And it's not going to produce, it it might Depending on the person, produce short term weight loss results, but it's not going to produce long term muscle building results and it's not going to produce long term healthy weight loss results. So it's just bad. It's just bad advice.
2: (laughs) I, I want to make absolutely crystal clear that the slow, methodical, holistic, sustainable approach to weight loss is not what Brittany Dawn was selling to her customers.
3: And she's also, I mean, I know she's a fitness influencer and the whole thing is about looking a certain way, but there is absolutely nothing for people who don't care what their weight is, but just want to put on muscle or don't want to lose any weight, but just want to get stronger. There is, there's, uh, the, this whole thing is a mess because she is coming at all of this from the perspective of you're going to lose weight when that's not everybody's goal that doesn't need to be everybody's goal and it's not the stated goal of a segment of the population who she is purposely targeting through her instagram hashtags like she's purposely targeting people who do not want to lose weight they want to work on eating disorder recovery which involves gaining weight and repairing a relationship with food <sighs> was she paying attention like was she there was she like in her own brain was she present for this
2: it's so myopic it's extremely myopic so according to the dallas morning news a woman weighing just 80 pounds signed up for Brittany dawn's fitness program because she believed that Brittany Dawn's fitness program would help her conquer her eating disorder. This woman was put on a calorically restrictive diet and at one point nearly passed out from malnutrition. Uh. Yeah, if somebody is suffering from malnutrition over a long period of time, it is not actually healthy to say, here, eat 50 cheeseburgers, because that could result in what's called refeeding syndrome, which is, Where the body is basically unable to adequately process the sudden intake of nutrients, and this can cause like changes in blood sugar, metabolism, hormones, and it and and these things can result in in heart attack or stroke, which are potentially life threatening.
3: Shout out to my former youth pastor who went on a twenty one day fast and then immediately ate a bunch of cheeseburgers.
2: What happened to him?
3: He was fine. Yeah, don't. But I mean, he got lucky. (laughs) I guess. Don't do either one of those things. Don't do a twenty-one day fast, and and also try to fix malnutrition by eating a bunch of food. I think he got sick, like he like sick to his stomach, but he was fine.
2: If because like if a person is malnourished to the point of passing out, they should probably be under the direct supervision of medical professionals because the risk of that person, yeah, the, like that person could suffer serious injury or death or like a health complication, if they eat too much or too little, I mean, it could potentially be fatal. What they should not be doing is doing high-intensity interval training, which is what Brittany Dawn had this poor woman doing. Brittany Dawn is also extremely lucky that she didn't kill anybody doing this because eating disorders are the second deadliest mental illness in the United States behind opioid addiction. And they kill more than 10,000 people every year. So like this this is actually really serious what Brittany Dawn was doing. Brittany Dawn presented herself as a fitness coach and a fitness influencer who could help people with eating disorder recovery and young women especially who want to look and feel their best. And then she took their money and gave them fitness plans that reinforce their eating disorder behavior while telling them that it was a cure.
3: It's just so heartbreaking because when we're talking about people who have eating disorders, who went to Brittany Dawn to try to get help, they've recognized that they have serious problems. They've recognized that they are experiencing a serious mental illness that is capable of taking their life. And they've been so brave as to reach out for help and make the first step to overcoming the serious mental illness that is capable of taking their life. They've reached out to somebody that they trust and they truly believe can help them because she says she's been through it herself and she's all better now. And Brittany Dawn just took that trust and that genuine desire to get better and totally disregarded it in order to make money.
2: It's so messed up. Like, She's just enabling the behavior that these women are trying to recover from while basically Trojan horsing herself as an ally and a safe person. Of course, this is despicable behavior. Uh, This behavior was not what Brittany Dawn had to apologize for, and it's not what she got sued for. It's not the transgression that led her into becoming a Christian influencer. This is... Sadly, a crime that she got away with and she has yet to answer for in any meaningful way. Do you want to take up the offering and then we can come back and talk about the uh, how she really got called out for this and what her downfall ended up looking like and then her return as a Christian influencer?
3: Let's do it. I'm 100% ready for the downfall because this first half has has made me sufficiently angry. <laughs> that group is called eden exodus tell a friend tell a family member tell your worst enemy the leaving eden podcast is a fully independent podcast and we really appreciate your support now back to the show
2: we are back from our break we're talking about Brittany dawn we've covered have we we covered pretty much all the ed stuff
3: yeah i don't think we'll need to do more than than make vague references to it for the rest of this episode
2: Okay, cool. Uh yeah, so if you're back then um
3: Yeah, if if you're just if you're just joining us now, she sold unsafe fitness plans to people who reached out and said, "Hi, I'm struggling with an eating disorder. I want to start recovery. Can you help me?" And then she she did not personalize the plans the way that she said she was going to. She did not provide the communication that she sh- she said she was going to, and she Definitely harmed people who were making their best effort at recovering. And uh, as Gabi said, she's lucky she didn't kill anybody.
2: This was the, the thing that got Brittany Dawn in legal trouble wasn't her like pro Anna nutrition plans and exercise plans, it was basically her false marketing claim that she would provide personalized plans to her customers. The plans that she provided, however, were not personalized as Sadie said they they were not personalized to fit her clients' needs. They were very much a one size fits all approach. This came to light when some of her customers started talking to one another in a Facebook group and started sharing the plans that they were put on with one another only to find out that many of her customers had been put on identical plans. So this is in about 2018, when this is all coming to a head. Additionally, they discovered that people who discovered this scam, basically, that Britney Dawn was running and asked for refunds were either not given full refunds or were given a refund with the caveat that they also signed a non disclosure agreement. People who complained publicly about this on Britney Dawn's social media posts. Would have their comments deleted and their accounts blocked.
3: The other part of this is that she was supposed to provide personalized feedback for people while they were on these customized plans that she was supposedly customizing for them. Uh, People who were on these plans were supposed to be able to contact her and hear back from her. But if she even bothered to email these people back, she was providing very generic responses. As these Facebook groups criticizing her started to form, people started realizing that it wasn't just them and she was doing this to everybody.
2: So this starts to get some buzz online and more and more people are, st- are talking about it on videos, they're talking about it on Instagram, talking about it on TikTok. And in February of 2019, prank YouTuber named Cassidy Campbell made a video in which he pretends to be the father of one of Brittany Dawn's customers and approaches Brittany Dawn's booth at a fitness convention. He confronts her and claims that she stole $200 from his daughter by providing her with a cookie cutter meal plan rather than a personalized one and then blocking her on social media. I'll link the video and it's a very weird video. I guess for attention, Cassidy Campbell pretends to be like a big MAGA Trump guy who just walks around saying, Merca a bunch.
3: to like So that people would pay attention to him when he confronted Brittany Dawn or was that just like a two pranks for one youtube video
2: i don't like he's going around calling people libtards and i think that's to like one to draw attention to himself but also like i, I think it's for like seo like if you can add mega prank like mega prank to your video and also add like fitness scammer and maga prank then you'll maybe get more views i don't know that's kind of my impression of of why he was doing it just for i guess just for like attention
3: yeah i haven't seen the whole video all i have seen is the one clip where he confronts her
2: he's like if, if you watch the whole video basically he's walking around this convention calling people like libtards and uh saying Murica a bunch and then he walks up to brittany dawn and confronts her for stealing money and then right when he's about to confront her the video like cuts to a bunch of like screen grabbed videos and vlogs of of people talking about Brittany Dawn and how she scammed them for like four or five minutes just to like give a backstory about who Brittany Dawn is and then it cuts back to the video where Campbell confronts Brittany Dawn. Brittany Dawn basically just doesn't react and one of the guys that is at the booth with her just gets between Campbell and Brittany and eventually Campbell walks off. But this video, like it was very attention grabbing and it quickly received hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. I don't know how quickly it received these views, but I will say that over the four years that it's been out... It's nearly reached two million views on YouTube, and it also included a link to like a Change.org petition, which was petitioning the Federal Trade Commission to quote stop Britney Dawn fitness scams. And this petition got more than fifteen thousand signatures, so it, it was it was a fairly popular YouTube video at this point. So this video drops on uh february 5th 2019 and Brittany dawn can't really ignore the hate that she's getting online anymore um because like if you go back and you look at her instagram around this time you'll probably see that like a third of the comments women saying you look amazing go get it girl and like a third of them are from thirsty dudes and then like a third of the comments are from people saying that she's a scammer and she's a bad person who exploits other people for money so cassidy campbell's video goes out on february 5th 2019 on February sixth, two thousand nineteen, Brittany Dawn uploads a video to YouTube called "My Public Statement About the Past Twenty Four Hours."
3: Is this the video where she has the dryer running in the background and didn't even bother to turn it off?
2: Yes, that I can kind of forgive because when it's laundry day, you have to like, you have to get the timing right, you know. Like if 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 one thing takes too long, that that throws the whole rhythm off. I'm 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 not really like bothered about that.
3: Listen, buddy, I just got done with not having a washer or dryer in my house for seven years since the summer of 2016, and in that time, I have had an entire newborn who then became a baby and then became a toddler, and I had to deal with that while having. <laughs> a job that includes content creation. I think she can turn off her washer and dryer in her own damn house for 20 minutes to make a video. I think this is tacky and shows her level of not caring, even though she's pretending that she really cares.
2: Just full disclosure, uh, I have had to cut laundry machine noises out of this podcast many, 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 many times. But I guess a podcast is a longer form of medium, and you can't really. Like, I can put a load of laundry in and sit down to record. I have, I mean, I honestly, there's a load of laundry going on right now in my house, but you can't hear it. Um,
3: (laughs) Yeah. You went in a different room, and then if it made noise, you edit the noise out because you actually care. That's where I'm coming from.
2: Here's what she says She says, There are some things on the surface that have come to surface that need to be addressed. And I'm here with my heart on my sleeve to, like I said, put everything to rest once and for all. And she goes forward with reading off her phone a written, something that she would call an apology, but I'll let you guys make up your mind whether or not this classifies as an an apology or not. Um, Do you want me to read it?
3: Oh, please.
2: So, this is what she says. She, she says, I apologize to anyone who feels like they got scammed from me. And I genuinely promise that my intentions from the start were pure. I wanted to help and impact as many women as I could because I felt like this was why I was given this incredible platform. When you're given an opportunity like this, you would be stupid not to take it and run with it. And unfortunately, I ran too fast for one person. These claims are from years ago after I launched into a business that took off too fast and I didn't know how to mentally handle it. I did what I knew to do to the best of my ability and I didn't know what I was signing up for simply because being an influencer and running a fitness influencer business was not really a thing back then
3: so she said i'm sorry you feel that way i'm sorry i was too successful i'm sorry that my financial success blinded me to hurting thousands of people
2: she goes on to say that in the past 24 hours since the cassidy campbell video was uploaded that she received death threats and harassment on her social media pages which on one hand having looked at her social media pages from around this time i would definitely say that's accurate on the other hand if you get caught scamming vulnerable people out of thousands of dollars and people get mad at you for it, it's really hard for me to see you as a victim and being like, you know, the the real people the the real evildoers here are the people who are who, who are who are getting mad at me about this. Cause that's kinda like she's trying to do like a, a whole Darvo thing. Mm-hmm. The thing that I have to point out is that the same internet that is the internet that enables people to send you angry message like whenever they want to is also the same internet that enabled you to like leverage being a thin blonde woman into a way to scam people. That being said, being angry at somebody for being a scammer does not entitle anybody to be misogynist or send anybody death threats online, but this video is very much like a poor me, I'm a victim of my own success. Yeah. Pretty gross.
3: I I agree with everything you just said.
2: I would like to read for you uh, on here the description on this YouTube video just to see what you think. Um, okay. I am so sorry. Unfortunately, with being human comes learning from making mistakes. This is my heartfelt apology to move forward and make things right. And I please ask that the death threats end, and for my family slash friends to be left alone from here on out. Customer service email, be Don, whatever, must include name, reason for contacting, receipt, proof of purchase. Um, Instagram, Brittany underscore Don underscore fitness. Twitter, at B Don Fit. And, th- and then she goes down to her like links where she says, workouts and recipes, B Don Fit.com. Inquiries, B Don Fit at gmail.com. Shop myself Tanner.
3: Hey. Her self Tanner and her Airbnb affiliate link. <laughs>
2: Yeah, she has affiliate marketing links in the description of her apology video for being a scammer.
3: <laughs> so one thing that really stuck out like from that video description is that she used the word mistakes to describe scamming people out of thousands of dollars, which is really interesting because she also used the word mistakes in 2015 to describe eating a large ice cream sundae.
2: My favorite part of this video, though, is just the fact that she included the link to the self-tanner.
3: See, I'll criticize her for the dryer noises, but I'll give her a a pass for the fake tan. It's better than skin cancer. I'm all about uh, sunscreen and fake tan evangelism.
2: It's true. Um, I'm all for getting sunburned because I don't like sunscreen and then- having a bad time the next week or so um not really but that's what i always do even though i never learn for it no um
3: how many times have you texted me a picture of you at the beach or whatever and i text you back put on sunscreen and then you do not do it every time every time
2: <laughs> if i were a fake tanner kind of guy i don't think that i would be buying britney dawn's fake tanner because she's v- like she's very much in like the donald trump brand yeah. of fake she's in like the Oompa Loompa, De doo I've got another scammer for you. Do you think that it is appropriate to be monetizing the apology video that you have to make because you scammed people out of thousands of dollars?
3: No, I do not. I am being facetious about supporting her fake tan business. It does seem to be a common thing to monetize apology videos. I I feel like I see that a lot, but no, I don't don't think it's actually okay for her to be selling her fake tan under this video.
2: I mean, Colleen Ballinger didn't even monetize her apology video. I think she was did. A, no, she <clears> didn't.
3: <throat> I tried to follow that drama, but I didn't know enough about who she was for it to make sense to me, so I gave up on it.
2: I didn't know who she was either, and then I saw the video. So, you know, somebody made the Colleen Ballinger apology song into a, a playable song on Guitar Hero, and then we downloaded it and played it on Guitar It was... <laughs> Atrocious. Trigger warning for suicide and suicidal ideation. In the years since, Brittany Dawn has said that at both her uh, "She Lives, She Lives Freed" retreats and on social media that on uh, February fourteenth, two thousand nineteen, she attempted to take her own life. I don't know if following this, like if she received any sort of counseling or if this was how she started getting more into Christianity. Having looked at her social media comments from around this time, there were a lot of very disgusting comments on her social media posts that were definitely encouraging her to do things that she would not be able to undo, which is never okay, which is never an okay to thing to say to uh yeah.
3: <clears throat> yeah no, I totally agree, no matter how much of a scammer or a scumbag person somebody is, that's not an okay comment to make because you know maybe that's the way you genuinely feel about them, and I'm not here to i <laughs> I would encourage you to try not to feel that way about other people, and I would encourage you to work through your own issues and not, you know, try to think that way about other people. But even if that is honestly how you feel in the moment, you are hurting your, your rage at the person that you're directing that kind of comments at is farther reaching than just that person because there are other people in the comment section who are reading what you said to that person that can be harmed by your words it's just it's not okay from any perspective
2: so in the following weeks after this uh this story became national news and britney dawn appeared on good morning america so the good morning america story uh, did not focus on the more disturbing aspects of Britney Dawn's scam. It didn't mention the ED survivor aspect of it. Basically, the unsatisfied customer who appeared on Good Morning America during the segment only complained basically that she got generic responses from Brittany Dawn when she complained that she wasn't actually losing weight. The Good Morning America segment airs in February of 2019, late February of 2019. And for the next eight or nine months, Brittany Dawn continues posting the normal stuff that she usually posts. On November 29th, 2019, Brittany Dawn uploads a video to YouTube called Things Are Changing My Identity. And in this video, she announces that she is no longer just a fitness content creator, but that she is now a Christian content creator. One month later, on December 27th, 2019, Brittany Dawn uploads a video in which she reviews the Kanye West album Jesus is King. We talked about this record back in about almost a year ago when we talked about Kanye West, when we talked about uh, personality cults. Um, and if you want to know my extended thoughts on that record, you can go back and listen to that episode from last fall. But just a little nugget from this that I'd like to share. Br- Britney Dawn lists three favorite songs from the record. And one of them is Closed on Sunday, which is the song with the Chick-fil-A line.
3: Oh god, That is so on brand. If you, specifically that song, I, I didn't like this album, but I can empathize and understand with why some people would, and I'm not trying to just shame somebody for a music that they like, but if you specifically think that Closed on Sunday is a good track, musically or lyrically, like a good piece of music, you are wrong.
2: The, the song goes, Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A, hold the selfies, put the gram away. To somebody like Brittany Dawn, the line, hold the selfies, put the gram away, probably cuts to the core of her being. Like I remember when we discussed this album, I was confused. I was like, who is this album even for? And now I guess we have the answer. It's people like Brittany Dawn, like people who have become outspoken Christians as a way to avoid accountability for their horrific behavior. And they admire Kanye's move to becoming a Christian artist and will be outspoken about how Kanye's change is sincere because they want people to believe that their change is sincere. I think it's also maybe for people who are like, Both Christians and D list celebrities who think that if triple A lister like Kanye becomes a Christian now, it's like now time for their personal come up if they hitch their wagon to his coattails and like ride the wave of like hype, of like Christian hype into cultural relevancy. And I feel like Britney Dawn kind of exists in the Venn diagram of those two types of people.
3: Yeah, just not enough so for her to actually hold the selfies or put the gram away on Sunday. No. Because she has definitely not done that.
2: Never in her life. Um, I just want to read a little quote from this video though, because I watched this video and there was something in there that I thought was a little bit interesting that she said. And she's talking about Kanye. She says, he has undergone a radical transformation and it is not our job to judge where he is or isn't on his walk with Christ. It just breaks my heart to see that people are being so quick to judge because he is Kanye West. And he did years ago say that he was God and for him to go from he was God to I'm following God and that total surrender, there are so many people judging him for that and it just breaks my heart. People and Christians are acting like God is not capable of using whoever he chooses to use and wake up call, God is able to use whoever he pleases. To glorify his kingdom, to spread his good word, his truth, his gospel. I found that quote very interesting. When she talks about Kanye, I see two things. One, the obvious thing is that when everything that she says about Kanye is something that she could apply to herself, second is that when she says that God is using kanye to glorify his kingdom and that he can use anybody no matter whatever they've done in the past she is saying god is choosing to use me and if you doubt this then you are doubting the power of god to change my life and he is not using you in the same way that he is using me it's just like Brittany dawn is completely incapable of looking at any piece of media any event that takes place any piece of content any story without looking at it through the lens of how does this relate to me and my personal journey?
3: Yeah. The thing is that I don't think she's actually talking about her personal journey here because she's saying God can use anybody regardless of what they've done in the past. But in her other video, her message was, I haven't done anything wrong. And I'm sorry if you felt scammed, but all I did was have a business that was too popular too fast and I couldn't keep up with it. And I just tried to help too many people at once.
2: I know it's so gaslighting.
3: She's saying, you know, God can use anybody, even people who are big sinners like me, but also this the main sins that people accuse me of, I didn't do.
2: Even if I was a sinner, which I'm not, God would still be using me, and therefore you can't judge me. Like It's like, I did nothing wrong, and even if you think that I did something wrong, well, Jesus forgave me, and so it's completely moot, and if you continue to speak about it or feel negatively towards me because of it, you're the- you're resentful you have a spirit of negativity you have a spirit of judging and the spirit of negativity and the spirit of judging are not spirits of God
3: yeah it's giving Dave Hiles
2: yeah you know you know what it's giving it's giving ginger Duggar cuz you remember in her book becoming free indeed when she said what my brother this is a quote from her she said what my brother Josh needs is a new heart a heart that only Jesus can provide that's what I need that's what we all need but in saying this, she's essentially implying that if you're not saved by Jesus, you're no better than her brother, who is rotting in prison because he likes to watch uh, videos of of children being tortured and sexually abused. I'm sorry if I have to keep bringing up that quote all the time, but like I have to keep bringing it up because it's a insane thing to say. <laughs> by the way, stay tuned next month when we review Ginger's uh, Ginger's sister Jill, her book. Uh, which is called Counting the Hoss. That's coming out next month, and we're going to review it next month.
3: So we have to back up a little bit on Brittany's timeline before her Christian conversion. There was an ex-husband, and we need to talk about him so that we can get to the new husband that came around as part of the Christian conversion.
2: So her ex-husband is the one that wrote to Jennifer Campbell, basically saying, F- "Off, stay out of our business if you know it's best for you."
3: Yeah, he was also a fitness dude. It was like their thing as a couple. So she was married to this guy, her high school sweetheart, Zach. There were credible allegations that she cheated on him, but she also claims that he was abusive. And based on there are a lot of unconfirmed reports of people who claim to be former friends of hers or know her personally and then got fed up with her and joined the snarker community. One unconfirmed report isn't really anything to go on, but due to there being quite a few uh, on Reddit and in other communities that talk about Brittany Dawn, I tend to believe both that she cheated on him and also that he was abusive.
2: It's also worth noting that eating disorders are often like a side effect of being in an abusive relationship because so many things are outside of your own control.
3: So just based on... I cannot say for sure, because I don't know the truth of this situation, but my best guess would be both. Like, they were both just terrible to each other. Almost immediately after Brittany found Jesus, so she discovered her ex's cheating on her, broke up with him... A, a while before her big Christian transformation, I think about a year before her big Christian transformation. If you want more info on the exact timeline, Jen over at Fam- uh, Fundy Fridays, friend of the pod, she's done much more of the nitpicky timeline stuff that I normally do. So, I wanted to cover things that are slightly different for our episode, but if you want more on the exact timeline, by all means, watch the Fundy Friday's video. Um, not only that, but of course, Jen is much funnier than I am. <laughs> yeah, she broke up with Zach in fall of 2017, and then she went through several more boyfriends dr- as the news was breaking about her being a scammer through like l- late 2018 and early 2019. Then in summer of 2020, she started teasing a new man post-Christian transformation. So almost immediately after she found Jesus, she met Jordan Nelson, who is affectionately not referred to by the snarker community as J-Dog. Before their marriage, Jordan was a police officer in Kansas City, where he was sued by the ACLU for police brutality. He is a very typical, like, tattooed bro dude, ex-cop, found Jesus, rolls his eyes at feminine things like makeup and his wife asking him to take cute photos. He mocks her in her own post. She secretly films him to mock him. The whole thing is kind of a mess. Did you Did you see this? The SNL sketch about women sending their boyfriends to Sephora. Like she asks for mascara and he brings back foundation that's the wrong color.
2: Keenan's like, I have a cream that costs eighty dollars.
3: He's that guy.
2: <laughs> oh that like, sucks
3: he's, he's very much that guy like when i say that he lost his job and was sued by the aclu for police brutality he f***ed up so bad that he couldn't be a cop anymore
2: did you watch the video of the police brutality yep because i did
3: mm-hmm. i i did and it was extremely unpleasant and also just by way of trigger warning we're going to briefly verbally describe what happens in this video.
2: I mean, it's literally just a dude is walking down the street. A bunch of cops roll up on him and tell him, like, guys, like, standing there. His arms are, like, out. His palms are away from his body and, like, facing forward. Jordan walks up to him, like, slowly. The guy isn't moving. And then Jordan just, like, kicks his knee out, grabs his arm, and throws him, like, face first into the pavement. It's brutal. Mm -hmm. It's like. I mean, the dude like does like a WWE move on the guy and throws him face first into the concrete and the dude's head like like full on face first and the dude's head like bounces back up like Mm -hmm. three feet. It's
3: so Josh bills is the victim of Jordan's assault here. He was stopped on the sidewalk because he, quote, fit the description of a black man in black pants and a hoodie. This happened in Kansas City and we'll link the full ACLU post so you can check it out from there um, if this is something that you need to see. Bill's did not even, he did not resemble the guy they were looking for. He was literally just... A black man wearing something kind of similar to the outfit that the suspect that they were looking for was wearing
2: no he wasn't even wearing a hoodie he was wearing like a puffy jacket that had a hood on it
3: and like you said he did everything correctly you know like what what people always say well if you just complied he complied he did everything that people say you're supposed to do he had his hands out he was not moving he was looking into the face of the officer standing completely still. And it does not ever justify police brutality, even if it is the guy that they are looking for, even if they've got the correct suspect. It is still not okay for police to slam a person's face into the sidewalk for no reason. And it's not even justified for police to slam somebody's face into the sidewalk because they don't respond the way that police want them to. That is an incredibly stressful situation for anybody and for somebody to not be able to anyway i'm not gonna you listeners are hopefully on the same page as me it is not justified even if he were not complying. it is not justified even if he were the suspect but in this specific scenario josh bills was completely compliant and not the guy they were looking for and jordan slammed his face into a sidewalk for fun because he could
2: I mean, some people do become cops because they like having power over other people. They like the feeling of getting to abuse other people and there not being anything that those people can do about it. And by any account, I believe that that's the kind of person that Jordan is a, a reasonable officer does not walk up to somebody and, th- and just do what he like. It was so egregious. Mm-hmm.
3: I'll have more about Jordan's personal delusions of power and importance a little bit later. According to Brittany, Jordan and Brittany met at a coffee shop when she was early on in her finding Jesus journey. They started going to church together. And although both had previously been married, they decided not to live together or have sex until they were married.
2: Always make sure that you live with somebody before you legally bind yourself to them.
3: I've said this, so I've known people personally who did feel like they needed to wait until marriage to have sex for religious reasons or even for non-religious reasons and when i've talked to these people i've always said that's a risk because you might have compatibility issues but this is that's a manageable risk and the outcome if you do have compatibility issues is often something that can be overcome not always but it is often A fixable outcome what is a much greater risk is failing to spend enough time with a person before marriage like have sex before marriage or don't it is so much more of a risk to not know a person well enough or not know what they're like when you're truly in private or not know what they're like on their worst day that is way scarier (laughs) than not knowing what they're like to have sex with now on this show we support whatever consensual decisions people make about their own sex lives what we don't support is being an influencer who is trying to skew other people's decision making process towards a particular decision and then lying and doing something different than what you were trying to get other people to do there is good evidence that britney and jordan were living together before they got married remember this person really? docu- yeah she documents her entire life so there would be days where she would post about going to meet him somewhere but the timeline of her days didn't line up unless they slept at the same place the night before or you would see his work boots by her door in vlogs that she made at times of the day that didn't make sense if they weren't living together. So there's pretty good reason to think that they were living together and having sex before they got married.
2: I mean, to be fair, this is also a woman who preaches about modesty and who has built up her entire career off of posting thirst traps on the internet.
3: Yeah. So this is the other thing. Brittany is now on her modesty journey and she goes on and on and on about modesty. She has definitely cut down on the very short shorts and crop tops that she used to wear often and she's like moderated her dress but also she still posts bikini photos they're just modest bikinis with more coverage on the bottom a little bit high-waisted more of like a vintage bra type top not like a triangle bikini top it's a cute style but to me it doesn't quite scream modesty Like, everybody everybody else that I know that is doing some form of of modest or more covered swimwear for any reason, from religious reasons to sun protection, generally will wear, like, a one-piece... I, I don't know it doesn't it doesn't track it's, for me
2: it's not the modesty panels that you had to hook into your bra loops
3: <laughs> it is absolutely <laughs> it's not
2: with the clips and the
3: with Ooh. the clips that never worked so then i had to safety pin. and then like i'd it'd be in the middle of church and i'd breathe wrong and all of a sudden i'm getting stabbed in the collarbone with a safety pin
2: nah. Brittany don
3: knows nothing about the struggle she thinks she's disciplined because she can work out a whole bunch well she's never tried getting stabbed in the collarbone with a Safety pin. When you can't leave and go fix it.
2: She's never tried playing piano with only her arms moving and no other part of her body moving. One day, <laughs> <bit>. just like. <laughs> no, and I'm saying this with all the love and respect for people who have found a way to monetize being hot on the internet. Um, no disrespect to any of you. The only reason why people follow fitness influencers is because you're like too classy to openly follow butt models. And Brittany Dawn was not. Like if Britney Dawn was not posting thirst traps in 2014 and instead she was posting videos of herself doing workouts wearing like sweatpants or basketball shorts and like an oversized t-shirt from a charity fun run from 6 years ago she like she never would have built up a following.
3: But Brittany Dawn's like, whole thing is, well, God, yeah, I was sitting by posting all those thirst traps in 2014, 2015, but God used it for good because now God has given me this amazing platform to love and support other women and be a voice for good in the world.
2: I know. It's so funny. She's just like, I, I, I there's a reason why I was given this platform like this. I'm like, wait, th- are you saying that God chooses hot people to be <laughs> His emissaries on Earth to do his work because that's kind of and that's kind of opposite to what Jesus said.
3: Okay, but probably yes. (laughs) She probably does believe that.
2: Hot people are chosen by God. You heard it here first.
3: Um, I so I did look on Brittany's Instagram while we were having that Patreon sidebar, and she uses old like quote-unquote immodest photos of herself as side-by-sides like then and now to talk about how she's in her modesty journey now
2: that's really i mean it's still a thirst
3: trap so she's still (laughs) posting it (laughs) she
2: like she's figured it out she's got it she can have her cake and eat it too and honestly
3: i respect the grift And all these old thirst traps are still up on her Instagram. Like I only had to go back to 2020, like January of 2020. And I, there are immediately pictures of her in bikinis doing competitions, pictures of her in, there's one that she's wearing just like an oversized white t-shirt and posing seductively like I don't if you're on your modesty journey now and those old pictures of you are still on your own Instagram feed Wouldn't you take them down?
2: I do you want to know what my favorite picture from Brittany Dawn's Instagram is what? So it's this one when she's in her uh, body positivity journey. I think I sent this one to you, but it's a picture of her where you can literally like, like you can see her abs and you can see like her arm muscles. And she's wearing like, or, or she's wearing a bikini with like a, a sports bra top, is okay. basically what it looks like. And the caption reads, "I've shown this photo before." Dot 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 but felt that it needed to be shared to go along with my post last night in reference to Lady Gaga's incredible body. No matter what shape, (laughs) size, height, or weight a woman, or man for that matter, is, when she sits down and when she bends over, when she's in her natural element, she's going to have rolls. whatever those are body fat rolls or skin rolls It doesn't matter. Like, and she's posting a picture of herself, just like slouching over a little bit and you can see just like a little bit of like a wrinkle.
3: Yeah, like slouching skin. over on purpose too, so her skin makes like one single stomach roll that's tiny.
2: Yeah, it's like body po- She's like body positivity is for hot people too. <laughs>
3: just yeah, like- but like it, oh, in, but like as we talked about in the first half, we seriously suspect that she has really poor self image. So to her, she probably is freaking out over a tiny skin roll the way that people freak out about anything that they see that they think is not perfect about themselves.
0: Code buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
3: I was alerted to something by a wonderful fan of the show who wishes to remain anonymous, but you know who you are.
2: This is an elite fan of the show. (laughs) Yes.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So Brittany claims that she and Jordan started dating on September 18th, 2020, and they were married on September 18th, 2021. We do have like hard confirmation on what the wedding date was because it was all on Instagram on Instagram, but, um, they didn't start dating on September 18th of 2020 because there was a soft launch of Jordan on Brittany's Instagram in August of 2020, so two months soon or a month sooner. She has moved the supposed date that they got together multiple times and in September and October of 2020 Jordan was messaging women on Instagram with extreme cringe asking for pictures of their boobs <laughs> so that is most likely why Britney has moved the date that they became official several times because that information has come out publicly and she wants to spin the narrative to where he was asking other other women for nudes before they started dating not months after
2: I mean, what can we say? It's just a heart that's been changed by Jesus many times. Uh, <laughs> At least it was Instagram and not Snapchat. I feel like Instagram is a little classier than Snapchat.
3: I mean, Adam Levine was on Instagram. So <laughs> <laughs> so when Jordan and Brittany got married, um, they recreated some of the wedding pictures that she did with her ex, Zach, Ew. which is, yeah, that's just tacky. I would like to state for the record that Britney's first wedding dress was completely over the top. Uh, I wouldn't want to call it ugly. I would just say it wasn't to my taste. It had a huge tulle mermaid skirt and an open back with a lot of crystals. You know, my taste would have been one or the other, not both. But that's just taste. It doesn't say anything about anybody. Her second wedding dress when she married Jordan was just a fitting disaster. There was really nothing. The dress was fine. The dress was pretty. The way that it was fitted, it was maybe the worst fitted wedding gown I have ever seen. It looked like it was literally going to fall off of her at any moment. I don't know how much duct tape she used to keep that thing on. It just did not flatter her body. Looked incredibly precarious. It was, the fit was an incredible disaster.
2: I feel like snarking on somebody for their physical appearance is not an excellent thing to do. Um, snarking on somebody because they use too much self-tanner is not always the, but snarking on somebody because their wedding is tacky is a okay with me. And Brittany Dawn seems like the kind of person to have her first dance at her wedding be like a thousand years by Christina Perry.
3: You know, that was, that was popular at a certain time though. I I think mm i think you could do and it's a pretty song i think you could do a lot worse i think it's fine to snark on somebody for anything that they chose and could change if they chose to change it
2: so you think the self-tanner is the self-tanner is kosher
3: it's a choice she yeah. chooses to look that way she is not born looking that way she could change it in a week if she wanted to and i i think it's ugly <laughs> and and um so her self-tanner her hair color her extensions her caterpillar lashes all of that is stuff i feel perfectly okay snarking on i wouldn't snark on somebody for the the shape of their body or the shape of their face or um the length of their fingers or any physical condition or disability or difference that they had that's not cool I, I would also like to, so I want to snark on Brittany Dawn, um, not only for her incredibly badly fitted wedding dress, but also for her bad hair colors and bad lipstick colors. Um, she did those like, so platinum, it's silver gray toned hair for a while. And that looks amazing on some people, but she just had no regard for her skin tone. For me, it did not work with the tan. And then she also does like the girl defined kind of concealer lips or lipstick that is way too light, like light, light rose, baby pink lipstick that to me, that never looks good with a really dark tan.
2: You know what I realized that it is about her, about the way that she does like her tanner and her hair and her makeup. What? It's the look that's like, um, I I do it this way because it looks a, a certain way when I put the filter on, on TikTok or Instagram is why she looks like that is why she chooses that that appearance it's for so yeah. like and you see it for like like you ever see somebody who like in person and you think in person they look weird as mm-hmm. and then you see them on instagram or tiktok and you're like wow they look incredible but then when you see them in person you're like they look almost like alien mhm it's that
3: it it is and like now she's doing this ash like very very dark ash blonde kind of tone hair tone um or like a ashy strawberry blonde i don't really know how to describe it it's a very unusual hair color that at first glance appears like to be a natural hair color and then when you think about it you realize that you've never ever seen anyone with that hair color in real life because it's not actually a natural hair color that anybody could ever actually have and I just think I I just I think she picks really ugly hair colors. <laughs> Clearly, I have no problem with people dyeing their hair any color they want. I just think that hers are always not pretty colors to begin with, and also don't do anything for her skin or her appearance. Th- that's been fun, but I do I need to get into like other dark. Shit, unfortunately, <laughs> can we do that? Go for it. Okay. So I'm going back to Jordan and like Jordan and Brittany's early marriage, and I have to give a trigger warning for animal death. Uh, I hate Jordan a lot because he, he killed Brittany's dog. They got home from somewhere and her dog had gotten out of the yard. She claims that her yard is completely enclosed, but pictures that she has posted herself show that her yard is not completely enclosed, which is how the dog got out. The dog got injured Like When it got out and instead of taking the dog to the vet to see if there was any hope, Jordan just pulled out his gun and shot the dog in the front yard and then they did a vlog about it.
2: That's so gross. Mm -hmm. I also think that it's messed up that Jordan is even allowed to own a gun because he is a violent criminal.
3: Yes, and also there has been an extensive list of Brittany Dawn's pets that have died under unusual circumstances or gone missing through the years. Um, as well as people who say that they know things about horses and they claim that she is not doing it right when it comes to taking care of her horses that she has. But speaking of Brittany Dawn mistreating helpless animals, we need to talk about the time that she exploited a, a vulnerable and helpless person.
2: Are we talking about James? Is this? Yeah,
3: we yeah. we got to talk about James. So Brittany and Jordan met a homeless man named James who was struggling with addiction and they claimed that they wanted to help him. It would have been a kind thing to do had they actually done so, wouldn't it? Uh, and this is going to lead into a much larger pattern of behavior for Jordan. So Brittany and Jordan all of a sudden get all up in this guy's life and his business and they're putting all of this on social media they get him into a hotel room they're going to church with him they are doing a pretty good job for a minute of like cosplaying actual christians or people who actually believe christian principles i should say because they are actual christians regardless of whether i like it or not thank you chrissy stroop uh they start soliciting donations from britney's followers on social media they set up a gofundme that raises twenty-five thousand dollars all of this money is intended to help James transition out of homelessness and get into a special addiction treatment center. That's supposed to be really good.
2: That is an incredible use of Brittany Dawn's platform.
3: It would have been, had they actually done what they said they were going to do. Uh, so, um, first it appears that James may have been being held against his will. He did at one point try to escape the hotel room where they were holding him and Jordan and men from the church forced him to stay there.
2: That's a felony.
3: Well, it's not Jordan's first. (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah, it's false imprisonment. You can't do that.
3: Yeah, and it's okay. It's great to have the impulse to help others. And sometimes our intentions can be good and our actions can be evil, especially when we are trying to help others on such a grand level as trying to help somebody transition out of homelessness. I've seen this and and sometimes our actions can be good and our intentions can be good and the outcome gets up through no fault of our own like both of those things are things that happen I saw this over and over again with parents in ministry growing up like I've talked about this before I literally saw it more than once our parents would cut our grocery bill down and have our family eat less for a week so that they could go buy food for other people only to find out down the road that those people returned the food to the store to get cash for drugs and that's just one example of how you can even do a good action with a good intention and still not have the outcome that you want when you're trying to involve yourself that deeply in a person's life trying to help people who say they want help and then that person decides that they don't want help after all is totally heartbreaking i lived it as a child i lived it repeatedly and it was I think traumatic for me, I lived that over and over as a child and a teenager and a young adult. So I'm speaking from a place of experience, I get how bad that hurts when you really put it all out there to help somebody and then they change their mind and they decide they're not ready for that help. This is a normal part of doing actual good works, whether you're doing them as part of a religious ministry or your own religious practice. Or completely separate from religion this is part of it this is a thing that happens frequently when you try to involve yourself in a person's life to that level to try to help no matter how good your intentions are no matter how pure your actions are this is a thing that happens and this kind of disappointment is a major component of trying to help people
2: and most people who quit using intravenous drugs take many many attempts to quit using drugs
3: yes so but I think if, if we come in from the extremely generous assumption that just this one time, Brittany and Jordan had best intentions to help James. They thought they were really going to help somebody and they didn't inter- intend to turn it into a scam in any way, shape or form. Even with that extremely generous assumption, they had no idea what they were getting into and they were completely unprepared for the typical and normal and expected outcomes of trying to help somebody on that level. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you are going to try to be that person for somebody, you need to learn that sometimes it's not going to work and sometimes they're going to reject your help and get over your ego and accept that. And you need to do that ASAP, preferably before you try to start helping people like that.
2: I keep thinking that because Jordan is a cop or he was a cop, but he's, he wasn't just a cop. He was a dirty cop. He was a violent cop. And his life is a life that's based around punishment and imprisonment. And so if he's going to try to get somebody to do something, he's very much thinking on a uh, second stage, moral development that you punish people for not doing things that you don't want them to do. And punishment and imprisonment is the first tool that he is going to try to use when he's going to get the results out of somebody that's going to be his, his first thing that he jumps to either violence or imprisonment.
3: And I am just thinking from what i've learned from what i've seen in life it is totally plausible that james wanted to stop using drugs and wanted to not be homeless anymore and then had a moment where he decided he didn't want to follow through with that and wanted to leave and try again the next time that is very normal and i really believe i know we have listeners who work in different types of social work and services that will probably confirm this this is this is normal. That doesn't mean it's okay to force him to follow through. it's that's not best practice. that's just not what we do. Like I know that people like you and me can look at James situation and think we know what's best for him. We even have evidence on our side of what would be best for him. It is better for people to not be addicted to things and it is better for people to have a home to live in. Empirically. But just because you're empirically right does not mean you get to make somebody else do something even when you know that it is best for them.
2: Yeah. I mean you and you also can't involuntarily commit drug users, especially if you're not a medical professional and you don't have a medical background, if you're just like mm-hmm. an ex-cop and a bunch of people from a church.
3: What I'm getting at here is that even if we absolve Brittany and Jordan from any kind of planning to make this into a scam and a grift, which is what it turned into, we can still criticize them for being completely unprepared to help actually help James and inserting themselves where they were neither helpful nor truly wanted in this scenario. So they were. the whole point of keeping him in this hotel room is that they were waiting for a bed in this highly reviewed, super special rehab program, right? And that's what all the GoFundMe money was supposed to be for, right?
2: What was it actually for? Tell me.
3: Well, it turns out that the program they were talking about is free.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. So
3: then they changed their story real quick and they said, oh, actually this program is free. We're holding, you just misunderstood us. We're holding all of this money for him in a trust. So when he graduates this rehab program, he can get a job, he can get a place. We're going to hold on to this money because he is a person who suffers from addiction, we're going to administer the money for him. We're just, it's just, it's money for James. It's all going to go to James.
2: Okay. But that's also super messed up. Because I mean, like, even when James was using drugs and he was broken, he was homeless. Having money was never the thing that kept him from using drugs. And Brittany and Jordan don't have power of attorney or like conservatorship over this grown man. He cannot be in the position of every time he wants to get Taco Bell, he has to go and ask Britney Dawn if he can go get Taco Bell if he can have like eleven dollars fifty to get a Crunch Wrap.
3: People who have done 30 seconds of research are aware that drug use causes homelessness, but equally so, homelessness causes drug use. And it's really unhelpful and reductive to to simplify that to one or the other. But Brittany and Jordan are in response just taking away his agency and treating him like a child. And James' misfortunes in life and hard times in life are being used as content fodder. And then after all of that, they just never gave him the money, actually.
2: Oh, my God.
3: So, James' sister, somebody uh, potentially more qualified to be a power of attorney and help James get established in life again got involved with this whole affair she wanted to help out britney and jordan and help her brother and she was excited about oh these famous people with a lot of money are trying to help my brother that's great so when james got released from rehab suddenly neither james nor his sister could get in touch with either britney or jordan
2: i mean she's like the kmart version of the family from the blind side
3: Reportedly, James got $6,000 in the end and nobody really knows what happened to the other 19000 except for Brittany and Jordan. And this actually led directly into the next thing I want to talk about, which is Jordan's save the children in Afghanistan grift.
2: Oh dear God.
3: So the reason that Jordan couldn't be reached when James got out of rehab was that he was supposedly in Afghanistan saving children? This is at the time when the US military was pulling out of Afghanistan and things were really chaotic over there and Jordan allegedly went over as a volunteer with the Freedom Shield Foundation to rescue people who would otherwise get um forced into like a human trafficking situation because of the upheaval in Afghanistan. To like go save women and children who would otherwise end up in a bad situation.
2: Right. Yeah, because the Taliban was taking over.
3: Friend of the pod, Jen, at Fondae Fridays did a really good deep dive into the Freedom Shield Foundation. It's one of those organizations like Operation Underground Railroad, the people that made the, the recent QAnon Save the Children movie. They, they go in and cause trouble in foreign countries and maybe every once in a while accidentally help somebody in the process and cosplay Navy SEALs for their own ego.
2: So, it's just like disaster tourism.
3: Yeah, basically. Um, uh, and just like, oh, I get to feel good about myself and put you know, his pictures up. Notably, Jordan Brittany was potentially posting pictures of Jordan when he was also in Afghanistan. She could have scheduled those posts ahead of time, so it's not proof. But what it does show us is how... Like, whether or not she was faking pictures of him, I think it does show that they take this really seriously and they really think they are the good guys saving the world. They really, people who are involved in this kind of thing are really, really, really into this kind of thing.
2: Well, it's it's a LARP. I mean, isn't it? It's just like.
3: Yeah. Um, I'll find an ar- I read a, a good article about Operation Underground Railroad, and I'll link that in the, in the um, source post for this episode.
2: So we need to talk about Brittany Dawn's ministry, She Lives Freed.
3: Yeah, we sure do.
2: I've linked you an article. It's it's written by Kelsey Weekman for BuzzFeed News. It's from like a year ago, I think. And she attended one of Brittany Dawn's Christian retreats. I linked you this article. I want to know what you think of it.
3: Uh, I definitely want interested listeners to go read that article if you haven't read it um of course we'll link it but the title of the article is i went to former fitness influencer britney don's conference and i guess i understand her now (laughs) the subheading (laughs) is fellow attendees told me they were ready to quote get wrecked (laughs) and we'll get to getting wrecked (laughs) when britney took her turn into like reverse heel turn into christian influencing she was attending this church, and I believe she still attends there. The church is called Mercy Culture Church, which is a large church with campuses in Fort Worth and Waco, soon to open a Dallas campus as well. Very typically of a mega church, they have very little on their website about their actual beliefs, which always really annoys me. If you click on the page that you think is going to be about beliefs they talk about like their principles for leadership some of which are kind of okay like we expect our leaders to lead our people in a healthy lifestyle which means taking rest and actually having days off which is a a notable departure from like ifb fundies that's an okay thing to say
2: that's not what hillsong did
3: this is a very hillsong-esque church so i'm not sure if i believe it they say a lot of things that are okay like they they say on that same main page that they affirm women in leadership in church now they don't have staff listed on their website either because they claim to be a church that is about god and not about any singular person therefore they don't have like a lead pastor i did check out their groups pages to see if i could get any names for people who are leadership at this church I did notice that none of the groups that I found were led by a woman working solo only by husband and wife teams or by men working solo.
2: Oh, so it is like Hillsong.
3: But they say that they affirm women in leadership in church. They seem to be a charismatic or Pentecostal type church, although I could not tell if they're formally affiliated with a denomination. So they say some stuff that like sounds good but very suspicious. They also say stuff that's very cringe like this quote from their website. We celebrate and embrace the Jewish culture, the God of Israel. Uh, They also encourage everyone to take a quote Sabbath every week, which they interpret as a day of rest but you can pick like any day throughout the week is what they seem to be saying
2: i don't have i don't take issue with that
3: resting is good we don't have to culturally appropriate to do it but like having a day of rest in your week is that's a good idea i think that's fine
2: you know what if they want to culturally appropriate us so that the people who are attending their church don't get what was the name of that young woman at hillsong who had to scrub toilets for forty eight hours straight or something
3: oh, I'm sorry, I don't remember
2: yeah there there was a, the a, 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 they can appropriate our culture if they want as long as it pre- prevents them from making people do that
3: so they say stuff that's like okay, they say stuff that's cringe, and then they say a lot of stuff that is varying levels of shit. so they have eight uh housed visions for their church, which is what they call ministries. They call them Housed Visions. The website says they have eight, but there are actually nine. Somebody hasn't updated the website. So one of them is a worship team. That's fine. One is a sports league, like kids, like T-Ball sports league. That's fine, I guess. One is Axel Creative Co., which exists, uh, quote, exists to equip and empower sons and daughters to advance the kingdom of heaven through their creative expressions. I have no clue what that means.
2: Is that like worship band?
3: It's a creative company what what is a creative i don't know, I don't know. It it's like, like a collective
2: it's like, like, a, like yeah it's like a
3: filmmaking and worship music and art collective design collective i have no clue how what this means or how it possibly works
2: maybe it's just that, like every time like i mean they they keep building new buildings or they keep like opening new branches maybe they just want to keep the creative and design staff for all of their stuff in house
3: like if we need graphic design from the church we're gonna pick somebody from this group exactly so they also have the presence driven church network which is like a support network for churches who want to be a presence driven church this is not super highly problematic then there is justice reform which is yet another anti-sex trafficking group i have a lot of criticism for christian and especially church-based christian anti-sex trafficking groups it's not because your heart's in the wrong place because of course your heart is in the right place with wanting to help people but these groups tend to focus on implausible situations and ignore unhoused LGBTQ youth who are some of the most at-risk people in the world to get human trafficked or sex trafficked. This particular group Justice Reform does get very reluctant points from me because they are actually building shelters for people escaping sex trafficking. That is an actual tangible need and actually doing something tangible that has the potential to actually help someone rather than make their situation worse is much better than some of these other groups do. So that one, I'll give a could be worse.
2: A lot of these Christian like anti-sex trafficking groups, they tend to look for the perfect victim rather than all of the people who need their support and who might not necessarily fit into who they think of as somebody who is in need of their support.
3: Yes. They are... A lot of them I genuinely think have good intentions, but a lot of them really miss the mark when it comes to actually helping people. They'll either do, they'll either add work to an area that is way oversaturated, like stranger kidnapping, for example, which is of course a real thing that happens but way way more rare than we think it is and they'll put out statistics like a million children go missing every year in america and there are not a million children born every year in america if it were true that a million people a million children go missing every year there would not be you would not know any children they will so they'll put out bogus statistics or they'll put out statistics um, about children who are kidnapped, but not clarify that almost all kidnappings are done by a close friend or family member of a child. So the and and they'll oversaturate you know this area of of stranger kidnapping, which is an incredibly rare thing to happen, and completely ignore, like I said, unhoused LGBTQ youth who are uh, actually the most at risk demographic.
2: In order to pay attention to them, you'd also have to affirm them. which
3: Right, and we just can't have that. The other four ministries, sorry, housed visions, get more and more problematic. So they have a private school, they have preschool through 12th grade um, at their private school, and they also have a spiritual leadership school, uh, similar to Bethel's unaccredited serve us and pay us for it college. Is that Bethel or is that Hillsong? It's probably both. Then there is distinct. Which is like Christian B and I. It it is a Christian networking group for small business owners. They have worship services for small business owners where you can network with other small business owners, and they offer the church offers to provide quote spiritual covering by praying for your small business. And they have like build your business continuing education for small business owners that is Jesus based. This is weird, and uh. mm.
2: this seems like some dave ramsey but like business rather than personal finance
3: yeah i don't don't do not like that the last one is called for liberty and justice which is a group that promotes quote godly candidates for local government
2: oh i know what that means
3: yeah well the picture that mercy (sighs) culture chose for this ministry tells you everything you need to know the main picture that they chose to represent this ministry on their website is of a man marching with a sign reading, "We need it. We need education, not indoctrination. Remove CRT."
2: If you ha- if you get rid of CRT, then nobody will know what Jordan did. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> well, you have a a guy who goes to this church who literally beat the out of a black dude while he was a cop and he goes to the church that says we don't like crt it's pretty on the nose man the boot fits get to step
3: this church is like really really slick with their website design and like looking super trendy and i was a little surprised that that was the main picture they chose for a housed housed vision of their church but Britney's, uh, Britney, She lives, Read cons- conferences are not actually related to mercy culture. She, as a Christian influencer has just decided to run her own ladies conference sort of thing.
2: I read the article that was written by Kelsey Weekman for uh, Buzzfeed where she attended one of these conferences. Um, I'll tell you know what it really reminded me of. I, I was really reminded of everything that you told me about the high pressure tactics that were used at youth conference, uh, summer camp, all those IFB events where they would get you hyped up. You attend this marathon event and the energy is crazy. And at the end, you get pressure to make a decision.
3: She Lives Freed throws basically ladies' conferences with Christian vendors, worship services and sermons and Q and A with Christian influencer women in the general Pentecostal charismatic vein. It's extremely performative and Instagrammable and charismatic and aesthetic. At the conference that the BuzzFeed reporter attended, people were baptized in the spirit and received their prayer language, which is generally Pentecostal or Pentecostal-leaning code for speaking in tongues. Brittany Dawn also baptizes attendees at these conferences, either in a horse trough or in bathtubs in hotel rooms, and she declares people delivered from witchcraft and depression, among other things.
2: I'm pretty sure she can't do that.
3: In this in this church, I mean, you remember Morgan, right? From Morgan, Paul and Morgan, Morgan.
2: Yeah. Oh, I when remember. she
3: got delivered from whatever her mental health issues are, and also like when she didn't claim the spirit of infertility, and like I won't speak that into my life. Like Brittany Dawn is into all of that kind of stuff.
2: I would like to read a quote from this article. Kelsey Weekman refers to Brittany Dawn as. Brittany Dawn Davis when I think at the time that she wrote the article, her name was Brittany Dawn Nelson by that time. This is is a direct quote from the article that she wrote. It is extremely similar to the kind of spirituality that is in vogue on TikTok right now, a mix of Christianity combined with new age vibes manifesting and a large number of conspiracy theories. Brittany Dawn's pivot to this brand of Christianity suddenly made sense. I had always wondered why she didn't use her past as part of her message and then I realized that it wasn't necessary. Davis's posts about Christianity aren't formal. She hasn't attended seminary school and she only somewhat uses religious texts. It's more of an aesthetically pleasing guide to happiness that encourages supernatural encounters and affirmations. Her Christianity brand is digestible, social media friendly and easy to share with others. And the women I met seemed thrilled to share it with her. Weekman, I think, put it very well that this is very much a perform like a Christianity that's like made for the social media era.
3: Yes. But because of the stuff that we Google for this podcast, we get unusual social media ads. So many like I also get a lot of a lot of um, self-help and motivational stuff on Instagram no matter how much I try to block it because I don't need that that's not um, for me. So or the the ones that are getting advertised to me are not for me anyway. So I all all th- all people who are trying to sell self-help stuff on Instagram and a lot of people who are trying to sell regular old products and services on Instagram come at it from this idea of like you do this one thing and you'll be healthy. It's like if you see it in magazines at the grocery store, eating this one food a day will help you lose 50 pounds this summer. It's that it's low effort, one small change, incremental and exponential results. And this one thing is the one missing thing in your whole life. This particular brand of Christianity fits so well with that. Oh, you just do this, Do just do this one thing. And make do this, do this one plan, and then everything will work out in your life because this brand of Christianity is all about like manifesting and speaking into existence and the power of your words and the power of your prayers and demonic activity that's fighting you. And all you have to do is stand firm against the devil and everything will fall into place. And somebody like Brittany Dawn is the perfect person to shill it because. Whether you enjoy her aesthetic or not, she is good at curating it and she is good at cultivating it.
2: It seems to me that Pentecostal is the branch of Christianity for you. If you used to be really into like astrology and tarot and (laughs) witchy before you found out that astrology and tarot and witchy were satanic. (laughs) It's like just vibes, but you make it about Jesus. But it makes sense it is for social media because everybody like you see all sorts of people talking about manifesting mm-hmm. on social media.
3: And Yeah, there is absolutely a connection here because Brittany has spoken out on TikTok about demonic portals such as Yoga, Astrology, Manifestation, and Lady Gaga. But she has also continued to talk about manifestation and just attach God's name to it, and that makes it okay.
2: I think it's funny that she's like, Lady Gaga is demonic, when earlier she was like, Lady Gaga looked flawless, by the way, look at my body, even I can do body positivity, even body positivity is for hot people. (laughs) Well,
3: that's when she was under control of Satan, obviously, which means that nothing she did at that time can be held against her because she was under the control of Satan, and now she's a Christian, and she's changed.
2: I think though that this brand like we discussed last week when we were talking about toys that were banned Fundy toys that toys uh, 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 is that this brand of Christianity is especially susceptible to conspiratorial thinking because adherents are told that if they get a strong conviction about anything then that is a message from God when literally it could in fact just be their personal prejudice. And it could be their anxiety. It could be them like catastrophizing situations in their mind. And then they give into confirmation bias and say, well, this is a message I'm getting from God and the evidence I see in front of me supports that. If you combine this with the biblical literalism and the end times beliefs in the book of revelations, that's like a full QAnon cocktail where basically every Q believer is a truth finder. And they're also a prophet. And if all the evidence says the opposite of what you believe, then that's more proof that you were right because God would not be convicting you of something that so clearly flies in the face of reason if that thing were wrong. In February of 2022, Brittany Dawn was sued by the state of Texas, as we said before, uh, for deceptive trade practices the suit was based on evidence that she promised personalized meal plans and workout plans as well as one-on-one fitness coaching but then these services were not delivered the state of texas sought damages of between 250,000 and 1 million dollars in june of 2023 brittany don settled this lawsuit agreeing to pay 400,000 dollars in damages and since then she's spoken about the settlement and the language that she's used has been very much like i made a mistake or like i messed up or i let things get out of hand like oops i did a boo boo
3: Right, and she also missed deadlines for discovery throughout this process. The The whole thing has been her trying to pretend it's not happening and only referencing it. If she ever references it online, it's like, oh, demonic attacks or the works of the enemy trying to bring me down. Brittany positioned herself as a fitness expert when she really didn't have anything that other people don't have, especially not any kind of training to help people in recovery from eating disorders. And now she is presenting herself as a redeemed sinner and an expert on Christianity, despite having nothing that other people don't have other than a pretty aesthetic. And as the reporter for BuzzFeed News pointed out, Brittany is using Christianity as an excuse for everything she has done previously in her life. When she was asked at the She Lives Freed conference to speak on her feelings about being canceled online, she said, you cannot cancel what God has called. It's a grift and it's going to keep being a grift until it's unprofitable and she finds the next one because this is what scammers do. They jump from community to community, especially online, until they bleed one community dry and then they move on to the next. And I guarantee if the Christian grift fails for Brittany Dawn, she will move on to the next thing there will be something else. It'll be police officers' wives or she'll get deeper way, way deeper into the um, Freedom Shield Foundation stuff or it'll there will be a next thing because this is what scammers do and because right now she has just hit on the perfect thing to excuse what she did five years ago and give her a break so that she can plan for what she's going to be doing five years from now.
2: I think for me, the thing that speaks louder than anything is when she spoke about she she's like I was given this incredible platform for a reason. And to me that kind of says everything in that she believes that she was chosen for something special by God and therefore whatever she does is something that God has chosen her to do.
3: That or that's what she wants her followers to believe whether she believes it or not.
2: Do you think that she believes it or do you think that she doesn't?
3: It's hard it's hard to say. There is just so there is so much hypocrisy because for example, we she talks about all, all of this, about having a kingdom marriage. But she's married to someone who has a history of cheating on and being emotionally abusive to his first wife, reportedly. She's married to someone who has been violent to other human beings in the past. Um, not allegedly, on video, for sure, had it happened. She is married to someone who appears to be very tense with her in the content that she herself puts out. And she's married, she claims that they didn't have sex or live together until marriage, when there is plenty of circumstantial evidence that makes that appear not to be true. She is on a modesty journey, but she uses her old, extremely revealing and provocative pictures to highlight like to do before and after posts of how how her modesty journey is going she's against manifestation but she's fine with manifestation as long as it has jesus's name on it somewhere there are so and that's the tip of the iceberg there are so many instances of her hypocrisy and her apparent complete lack of care for actual christian traditions so that makes me think that maybe she doesn't believe it or maybe she doesn't believe it as much as she is saying because i think she grew up middle class in the state of texas and she's always been a pretty white girl in the state of texas and i think that that would she's probably culturally christian like her family is probably culturally christian to whatever extent um she probably grew up in church and i think she probably does consider herself a christian i don't think the question is does she believe in christianity i think the question is does she believe in it as much as she presents herself to and that's where i think she's faking the i i think it's perfectly plausible that she is a christian and believes in god I do not think she believes it to the extent that she portrays it online.
2: I think that's probably pretty accurate. If I look at one thing that has remained consistent throughout everything that we've looked at, it is there is a thread of personal insecurity, in that I think that a lot of the more performative aspects that we see out of her from christianity or, or from from the way that she practices christianity the 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 more performative aspects of that come from her not feeling like she is a good enough christian because she knows that she lived with her husband before they were married. And because she knows that she did these things wrong and because she knows that if she ever, and and she's so public in the public eye and so much of the public eye that's viewing her views her so negatively, she knows that she can never actually truly be herself in front of all of those people. And that's why she behaves like this. I see a, a, a very... Strong thread of insecurity that goes between all of those things from the start until now and that she hasn't dealt with that
3: well the way she's always dealt with insecurity is by monetizing it
2: by monetizing it and also try try to do surface level cures
3: yeah because a decade ago she was insecure about the way that her body looked so she worked out to change the way that she looked and then she monetized that transformation and now she's insecure about the bad things she has done. So she's become Christian as like a quick fix for that and is now monetizing the Christianity.
2: And I mean, like in the sense that she has done some truly awful things, can you imagine if the world started financially rewarding you to a great degree for your eating disorder behavior? Can you imagine that?
3: That sounds awful. That sounds like a terrible thing to go through.
2: That's an insane thing to and like people are asking how did you do that and she says, "Well, this is how I did it."
3: Like I've come you know, a long way and spent literally almost a decade at this point managing my mental health diagnoses. And I have worked so hard to get to a place of stability, feeling happy with myself, feeling more secure in myself, feeling like I have a handle on things, and like I'm you know capable of continuing to heal and grow and be okay, and what if what if it was more financially profitable for me to not heal and grow and continue to be okay? That's scary
2: well that's what that's how the entertainment industry works, Sadie yeah that, I mean it's everything everything is monetized. granted, I think that by now she should have figured out that the common thread with all of these things is not what her body looks like or what she believes or what fitness routine she's assigning to her customers the common thread throughout all of this is that that self-understanding that I think is the thing that she lacks and at this point I don't want to say that there's there's no excuse for not accepting that but I don't think that not accepting that is an excuse for doing the things that she's done. It may be the explanation, but I don't think it's the excuse.
3: It's so interesting that this is somebody we know so much about her life from what she posts on social media, and we still have no idea what's going on in her head. It's interesting. I will I will predict now that she will be on to, she will add a new facet to like what sort of influencer she is. I mean she's already trying because she is god she's already done this because she has become a foster parent and has posted a lot of content about fostering um and is also uh, trying to get pregnant and has posted a lot of uh, content about struggling to get pregnant and wanting to be pregnant but she's gonna she's gonna add mommy blogger to what she's already doing so that that's her backup when the she lives freed stuff stops paying out and then when that starts pay- stops paying out, she's gonna start doing something else on top of the mommy blogger, foster parent blogger stuff, so that she has something else when that stops working out.
2: Yeah, because she's—I mean, she's got what? She's got Christian, uh, fitness, QAnon. Mm-hmm we didn't even touch on the qAnon stuff really it's do we have anything else that we want to say about her are we are we no
3: i just my i just want to predict that she is going to continue to go from scam to scam and you will always be able to see her shift into the next thing because that is her pattern but that is just what online scammers do
2: i'm surprised that she never got into the like into into the crypto thing can you imagine uh, free uh, she lives freed coin <laughs> If Britney, Britney, you can buy Britney Dawn NFTs. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know how she didn't get into that one. That is- Don't give her ideas. I mean, NFTs are dead. Everybody knows NFTs are dead. Crypto is, I don't know, people aren't still doing that. I, maybe they are, I don't know. You don't hear about it anymore. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode. I think we're talking about J Frank Norris next week. J Frank Norris. If you listen to the first episode of our podcast, he's the guy that made the brain in the jar story. And we're going to talk about him. He seems really interesting. That's going to be really exciting. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, If you guys like our show, if you're fans of our show, you can tune into our, uh, Patreon, which is patreon.com slash leaving Eden podcast. There is a very extended version of today's episode that is available on our Patreon because we went way, way, way into detail that we just didn't have time to put on the streaming version. You can join our subreddit and our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Eden Exodus, reddit.com slash r slash Eden Exodus. You can follow us on social media on uh, Facebook and Instagram and threads and TikTok at leaving Eden podcast. Sadie your social media
3: you can follow me on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter music on Twitter at hell yes Sadie and on TikTok at Sadie Carpenter one
2: and you can follow me on Facebook Instagram and uh threads at g-a-v-r-i-e-l-h-a-c-o-h-e-n thank you guys so much for tuning in you have a great day bye-bye